What up? Welcome to a podcast with Mo. I am Mo. This is episode 315. On this episode, I'm joined by Koopy. Talk about the Patreon, merch shop, art, books, television shows like The Sopranos, Big Bang Theory, Love on the Spectrum, Seinfeld, and conspiracy theories, some video games, a bunch of other shit. Uh, thanks for checking us out. What up? We're joined by Koopy. Hello. Um, here to talk about some books. So we all ready to get educated. Always about the books. Minimum amount for books. Um, but first thing I got to get to. Minimal amount. Wait, what? How many books you got? You could have less than two. Not for books with an S on the end. I guess that's true. Okay. Anyway, back to your trying to argue my logic. <laughs> uh, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash podcast. You go there. Also, if I said that too fast because of my lightning quickness, uh, there's a an address in the comments. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, you can click that and it'll take you right to the website. Uh, and you can give a dollar more a month, get early access to all the episodes. If you give enough, like my mother, Marshall the Darmanisha Bear, it's your boy h2.com and Graveyard Entertainment. You can be a co-producer and get shouted out on all these episodes. And it probably when you're listening in the car makes you feel really cool. Yeah. That's how I imagine that goes. And I don't my mom doesn't even listen, so she's just giving money for no fucking reason. Uh it's because I say stuff like that. I think it's because she loves you. Yeah, I think it's her way of showing she uh is supportive, but I'm glad she doesn't listen. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so also, we have a merch shop, shop.spreadshirt.com slash podcastmo. If you want a t-shirt, I'm going to very soon try to draw a new design to put on this store. But I've been saying that for over a year and never done it. But now I have this iPad, so I think it's possible. When was the last time you drew on your iPad? Uh, a little over a week ago. You got to start drawing on your iPad. I haven't been inspired. It's hard. It's just like painting. I don't, and I watch these little videos pop up of people doing all the cool tools that I don't know how to do. And I don't think they even have them on an iPad. You got to get them off on like a desktop. And I'm like, well, I can't draw on the desktop. But it's like you can't download the cool little extras on the iPad. Uh, mm. iPad I, Apple shit sucks. I don't know why everyone loves it. But anyway. Well, you don't have Procreate, <laughs> which is the one I hear you need to have. And that's the one I have on mine that I never use. But I well, bought it. Well, lately, I keep getting these ads for Adobe Illustrator. And I have that one. But when I use it, I have an option of it looking like an old school pen. Like where, like wherever, like the longer you hold it, more ink goes mm-hmm. there. Yeah. And then there's another one where like you can uh, make a line and then pull it weird curves. I think the only two tools. That's cool, though. At all. Like, I can't do anything else. Wow. And then, but when I get the videos, they're doing crazy shit that I'm like, I don't have any of that on mine. So I don't, I just don't, there's something I'm missing. Well, you'll have this. to mess around on Procreate on mine and see what you think. I can do that. I can do that. Um, all right. So we're here to talk about some books and then maybe some TV shows and then we'll see what else. So what book you got first? The first book I have is perfect for Halloween, but when this podcast comes out, it will be after Halloween. Yeah. As we are recording it, it is All Hallows Eve. Eve. Hallows Eve Eve. I think. <laughs> Our town's celebrating tonight. Yes. Um, but no, we don't do trick or treaters. We're not even 
attempting to try this year. We don't have candy if that happened. Yeah, I well, yes, candy got left at work and work got shut down for Friday. So yeah. candy is not here. But that's probably for the best because we would have probably eaten it all by now. Yeah, for sure. But I have a bunch of candy at work. Yeah. So I would have been prepared-ish. Right. But anyway, the first book I have is called The X-Hex by Aaron Sterling. It looks like Bewitched. It's like a good little, the cover is a cute little mix of Bewitched and Stars Hollow. Oh, yeah. It has a little gazebo at the bottom and then it has a witch on a broom with her um, crush flying across the full moon. It's real cute. Um, And the book is real cute. It's Definitely, it was pitched as um, Halloween Town meets Hocus Pocus, and it definitely has that vibe. It is about a young witch who was heartbroken. The story opens up um, when she's like 19, I think, and she meets this handsome young warlock, but they just call them witches, Um, and he uh, breaks her heart. And so she sets a, she and her cousin happen to accidentally curse him. They're just kind of joking around, but it actually happens. And nine years go by and it doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal because they haven't really been in contact. But he comes back to the town where she lives and all these bad things start happening to him. And it's clear that it's because of this curse. And so they have like two weeks before Halloween to break this curse. And so that's kind of where like the hocus pocus part comes in because they lit the candle and they have to like stop that, you know. So it's kind of got that same mix and it has a talking cap. Um, It has lots of just cute Halloween, like, I don't know, vibes. Yeah, tropes. It's just a real cute story. It's nothing to take too seriously. Um, So if you go into it expecting like just something silly, it's cute. And I really enjoyed it. So it was kind of the perfect thing this month. And I have never really read Halloween fiction, like the contemporary fiction before, and it was fun. And so I found some random ones online that I'm definitely going to have to get for next year. So this might become a new trend. Oh, cool. And this is a series. I think there's going to be a sequel. Interesting. Yeah. Everything is a sequel these days, though. Yeah. But I bet you're going to be one of those things where you can read them independently, because this felt very self-contained. Well, again, we might have talked about this last month, um, but... I just feel like also with so many streaming services uh, offering so many, I mean, they need content, you know? And so like, I think everyone just like, fuck it, I'm making a series and then if someone's going to come along and buy it and Netflix will make it or Hulu or someone. Well, what's you know? interesting and a lot of people were kind of annoyed about this in the book community. The author, Erin Sterling is actually a pen name and she goes by a whole other, her other real name. And she writes usually like weird horror thriller stuff and a lot of people were really annoyed that she switched her name for this they didn't i don't know it's not their business who cares i mean you don't get to decide that i haven't read her other stuff but she has one that sounds interesting it's called like the upstairs and anyway i'm just getting caught up on the the name thing is um it's probably also has to do with a contract i bet she has a contract with another publisher that she writes a horror under whatever name and she might have signed a second like i mean just like music artists do that yeah they're signed under different artist names so well, she has like care. an agent who she works with regularly. And I think her agent told her to switch her name that she I mean, JK Rowling did that with a yeah. book. I remember and it was a story. Yes. She does have several others. Yeah. Because she like wants to prove she's a good writer without the name or something. Yeah. So interesting little note that people got annoyed about it. Right. But I thought it was good. I haven't read any of her other stuff. Right on. 
And then you read or read and listened to. I guess. So this next book is a thick one and it's called Cloud Cuckoo Land by Anthony Doerr. I've decided is how you say it. Um, if you can't tell on the podcast, there are sirens I know, going off so like many crazy. And we're, this is the not they're celebrating Halloween. So it's like, oh, shit, it's already starting. I knew it was going to be crazy. I have my car in the garage just in case. Probably should have put away our, our cute pumpkins in case they get smashed. Yeah, those those key things. Honestly, <laughs> as a quick aside, uh, that was a nineties kid thing to do to go around destroying stuff. I don't know if today's kids are though. You know, they. I mean, they're they're horrible in a lot of ways, but I don't know if they're getting out there destroying stuff like our youth days. I disagree. I think there's a trend going across the internet where our teenagers are destroying guess bathrooms so. in their high schools. I guess they gotta film <laughs> stuff. That's true. That's true. Um, but their heads are just always down. You know, so it's just so different. Yeah, they like to do it in the dark. <laughs> For sure. Um, okay, so Cloud Cuckoo Land by Anthony Doerr. This book is intense. Um, okay, so it starts off, you have this girl named Anna or Anna, and she lives in Constantinople or something like that. Yeah. Istanbul? No, Constantinople. And I forget the year, but it's obviously it's a long, 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 long time ago. Um, and she has like a sister that's dying. So I, this is going to take me a while to get through this. So those Go of you it. who are hoping that this is a quick review, this is not. This one's an intense one. So she is has a sister that's dying. And Constantinople is about to be, um, you know, it's about to fall by whatever empire is about to take it down. I can't. The Ottoman Empire. The maybe. Ottoman. I, I don't can't. remember. I can't remember. It doesn't necessarily go into specifics about that type of stuff. I don't. I wish I knew more about history, but I'm I'm uh, ignorant, if you will. And it does actually have dates in it, but I don't remember all the dates. You know, this this. OK, yeah, I can't even begin to. So anyway, some shit happens and Constantinople is about to fall and outside the walls is another character named Omir and Omir is um, his storyline is basically focused on these two oxen that he travels traveling with in this army camp line and they're two oxen that he raised from his childhood and he loves them dearly they're like his pets and so you follow his storyline and him and Anna will eventually meet in that timeline and then there's another timeline where we have this uh, man named Zeno, and he is in the Korean War, I want to say, if I remember correctly. And he falls in love with one of his um, fellow prisoners of war um, named Rex, but they never actually have like a real relationship because obviously they're prisoners of war. And it's basically them trying to escape. And then you fast forward in his story to where there's another character named Seymour. And Seymour is this autistic kid who lives with his mother in this kind of like backwooded area. And his forest that he goes to for comfort, it's like his only happy place. He like hates school and all that stuff. He just loves to come home and go and hang out in the woods. Um where he has this best friend that's an owl. Um, they don't, it doesn't actually talk to him, but it's, they have just like, like this communication type of thing. Right. But um, like a pet, not like a mythical right. magic owl. But 
Um, he's, is it, you know, anyway, mm. um, so he's in this forest all the time and autism the, gives you magic. The forest is about to be bulldozed down. And so he's very upset about this because his owl trusty friend is going to lose his home. And so Seymour's very upset about this. And at that time in the storyline, Zeno, who we did follow in the war is now a librarian or working with in a library with some kids as like a teacher type of thing. I don't know. They're putting on a program mentor mentor, and they're putting on a program where they are putting on a play called cloud cuckoo land. And then if you fast forward into the future, super, super far into the future, in the year 2000, (laughs) we have another character named Constance and she is on a space station that's Flying through space looking for a new inhab- planet to inhabit because Earth has been um, and made, we've ruined it. And that's kind of where Seymour's storyline takes him is that he's researching how we are destroying for deforestation and all this stuff. So it all, all these storylines connect over thousands and thousands and thousands of years. And you're jumping around at different points. So it's a nonlinear timeline. So that's part of why this story is so hard to describe because there's so much happening in many different layers and all of it is framed within another story of the ancient gods. And there was a guy who wrote down a book, a story of the ancient gods and his book was called cloud cuckoo land. And his book was written when his niece was dying. So it's all dedicated to his niece. And it says in it that it is all true and all made up at the same time. So you have this ancient text um, that Anna is also, so she finds it in Constantinople later. So it's like this lost book of the gods. And so Anna finds it in Constantinople and she's reading it to her sister who's dying. And then when she meets Omir, he helps protect her, protect it. And when she dies, he trans, he writes it down and translates it back. So it's preserved for her, for his wife. And their children. And so, again, they're all framed within this book called Cloud Cuckoo Land. And the kids are performing that at the library when Seymour decides to plant a bomb. And so it opens up pretty quick with the library and Seymour about to blow it up. And so Zeno's there with these kids and he's got to protect them. And then Constance in the future is looking back on earth, everybody on the space station has gotten in some contagion and they're all going to die. And she's going to be the only one left, of course, because that's kind of how, you know, random fantasy goes. Right. And when it turns out that she's, they're not actually flying through space, they're on earth the whole time that the space station never left earth. It's like opposite of that Orville episode. Yeah. So it's a really crazy story. I know I didn't do a good job explaining it. Well, I, I just, probably should have just read the dust jacket, but it's if anyone listened to it all, they're just like, what the fuck? I, I mean, <laughs> it what made I, what sense I just to me. To. It made sense to me. So first I explained all the main characters and their settings. And then I went back and explained how they're all connected through the same book called cloud cuckoo land. And I guess that's all I really needed to say, but um, it's really, really good. And I definitely would be one to reread because I think there's probably a lot that I missed. It sounds like one they're going to try to adapt and it's going to be fucking shit. 
Probably. I don't think they would be able to do it justice unless they did seriously draw it out. They couldn't even do Ready Player One, goddammit. It It would have to be done in a series. There's no way they could do it in a single movie. Right. And I really love this author, Anthony Doerr. And the reason I love this author is because his first book that I read was called All the Light We Cannot See. And he is a Pulitzer Prize winner. So he's kind of a big deal. But I got to see him live in person. You know how many Pulitzer Prize winners I know? The name of besides one you just said. I'm sure, there are more than you realize. But like that, I can name. I mean, I just I don't know if it is a big deal. You the know? bookish community, it is. I, I can name some authors. I don't know how many I've won Pulitzer prizes. I just think it's one of those rich people slapping themselves on the back awards. That's what I say. Basically, it just means that you win a bunch of money that sets you up to go and write another book. Oh, rich people shit. I see. Mm-hmm. So basically, when you're writing, you I guess you have to do full immersion. How the rich control you? They make you write about the stuff they want, so they can give you the money. No, you have Mm -hmm. to actually pitch like impressive ideas and stuff. He -hmm. got a grant to write all the light we cannot see. He had to. He went and did a bunch of research in France and wrote the book. It's about it's a World War II story about when Germany occupied France. It's good, good, good book. That's my favorite, probably ever. And they're both signed by him. So both of my copies are pretty special. That is cool. Yeah. I don't have anything signed by anyone. So, I mean, I don't need anything signed by anyone. I, I have lots of books signed by lots of authors. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, it's what you're into. Collect um, things, random things. What TV shows we watch? We didn't really write it down a list, but we did start The Sopranos. Yes. We're on almost through season two. We got one episode left, I think, or two. And... uh Something bad happened to my favorite character, so I'm kind of pissy about it. Yeah, so he's going to be fine, though. Maybe. We'll see. Um, there's things I'll... I mean, I think it's good. I definitely think it's good. I think it's dumb we hadn't watched it sooner. I and mean, that's on me, for sure. And not even, like, sooner since we had HBO, but, like, I could have downloaded them all fucking yeah. 13 years ago or whenever I was started downloading stuff. So, um, but I just never you did. You probably would have liked it more if you watched it sooner. Yeah, I bet so. I bet it'd be, like, one of these things I'll... Like, I still like Entourage. It's not even. It's arguably not even that good. I'm like I love it it's just so nostalgic like uh but I do like the Sopranos um I know everybody probably knows what it's about so we don't need to really explain it well I would say for people that have never watched the Sopranos like me I understood it was somewhat mob related and it is but it is more of a a family story family drama well I guess the quick pitch is just like the the modern day mob and how it doesn't really have the teeth you imagine when you think of like the godfather or it's like well there's like one episode in season two where Tony goes to Italy and he realizes how like rough the Italian mob is and compared to their mob they're all soft and he's like yeah and he's like oh gosh the American mobs yeah pretty soft and compared and they're pretty uh, intimidated by their Italian I mean there are still times you know and I think I've brought up the stabby on the last episode. There are things I was like, oh, if I lived in that world, I would get it. I get sometimes to like, because I tell you, I'm like, I understand why he would uh, attack him or kill him or, you know, it's a respect thing. I'm like, I understand their, uh, their reasonings um, and how they feel that way. But at the end of the day, I don't want to live in that world. Yeah. Well, and I also find I like mob stories, but I also would, I think, like it even more if it were set in a time like you know, t- mid-century, right? Well, instead of it's kind of like uh, video game wise. You know, there's a mafia one, two, and three. And I've only played Mafia three, but it was set in New Orleans, nineteen seventy, and like that made it way yeah. more fun. I think. Yeah, yeah, there's something about a period piece that makes it a little bit more uh, 
Well, this one is a period piece now. I, I guess, guess it is now that we're watching it in 2020. <laughs> so. <laughs> or 2021. But yeah, it's been pretty good. Um, other, We've been watching through the Big Bang Theory. We'll probably finish uh, it by yeah. the time you're on here again, I would say. Um, it's, it's one of... It's an interesting one because we used to not hate it. Yeah, we used to watch it like weekly. It was one that we would tune into. And I think a big reason, I think it's because Pow Wow liked it so much. Pow Wow and Joe would like it. You know, we would all watch it or whatever. And it was also a time period of, um, I used to download, like I mentioned, downloads. I used to just wake up every day and download anything we enjoyed from the night before that came out. And then we would watch it and uh, did that for a long time. And I'm so you used to have like all of them on your laptop. Like yeah. seasons of it. And like, so there was a time we all thought Big Bang Theory was pretty all right. Well, and also I think it was a time when there wasn't a lot of like sitcoms on. Right. I mean, it was just like, well, there were a lot of sitcoms, but it was just a lot of the same sitcoms. Like Modern Family ran forever. Right. Big Bang Theory ran forever. And so it was like we just watched some of these same shows over and over and we over again We were so glad Modern Family was done. It was like never again. And we, we were also that. glad when Big Bang Theory yeah. was done. Very true. We were like, why did we even have the last season? They should have just made it all one yeah. big season. And so this time through, because we're just going through it on HBO Max, they have them all. And we just complain about them all the time and how their characters change so much and how they're not consistent. Not and why consistent the fuck is Leonard Pitty The only consistent dating? one is probably Raj. In a way... I don't know. He has moments where it's like he was rich, but he also has these shitty moments. And oh yeah, like the fact they that they're rich, but backstory. he shares the bedroom with his sister. Yeah, I'm like, like there's, there's some weird. There's a lot of inconsistencies. Sheldon also compared to Young Sheldon yeah. is terrible. That's I think not- Young Sheldon is a far superior show. Like if I had to choose yes. one, I think it's way better. But when you watch that and then you go back and watch this, and he somehow his dad was like an abusive alcoholic, and his dad's like the sweetest guy on the fucking young, yeah. And well, it's like not just that, but he's like a weird. I can't. I don't even know what term to use anymore without offending people. Right. But he just goes around apparently shooting TVs and stuff. And I was like, his dad would never do that on the show. Right. Yeah. It's. Uh, I'm like, how do they not reference? Like when we were watching Young Sheldon, and I thought someday we'll watch The Big Bang Theory. I bet all this shit's referenced. I remember yeah, thinking that, it's and not. it's like, no, not at all. It's actually the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they just. Uh, and we don't like Penny and Leonard. They do not. I mean. The last episode actually made a point to point out why they are supposed to work well together. Like, I guess there was even doubt in the audience at the time that they wrote right. it into the script. Do you yeah. remember that? Yeah. And they're like, uh, they bring out parts of each other that never would be brought out. Yeah. That's like, why they're together. Like Penny brings Leonard um, out of his comfort zone and Leonard, I guess. Makes her smarter. Some shit like that. Yeah. I don't know. It was something weird. And it was just like, no, that doesn't work. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't so- doesn't sell me on it. Big Bang Theory, I think, will go down as probably one of the worst reception. Yeah, re- and like reception for a show that was like the number one show at one time. And I mean, there, there are lots the of inappropriate TV. jokes that today it's like, ooh, I can't believe they did that. Yeah, like, well, and it's just so, it's like not even that long ago. The gay jokes, like the way, and we've and mentioned that jokes. on Friends as well. Lots of fat jokes. Yeah, or like if you just see someone fat, all of a sudden everyone cracks up and they're like, oh, that person's fat. Yeah. Like, it is. It's weird. It's weird the way it works. Uh, yeah, I don't know how much. I mean, it's not the worst. Game of Thrones is the worst rewatch of all time. I, I mean, think we're not the character yet, I like best has got to be Amy, though. I think she's probably the funniest. But they did change her character. But they that's, did with all of them. That's why it's annoying is if they just take off the if they could have let Amy come in with the way she ended, it would be a lot yeah. better. But she started off a prude that. It was uh, like a robot. Yeah, like a robot person. And by the end, that's, I mean, it's clearly not her. And then Sheldon changes so much that it's annoying. 
Uh, I, he has I don't a lot hate of weird quirks that Bernadette. they write into his. Script. I guess Bernadette seems fairly consistent, but she's just an evil little squeaky one. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we'll get through that. We because, don't really like any of them, but we've been watching it. Yeah. So Big Bang Theory, not the best, and we'll see what we watch after that. Is a yeah, I have one. a feeling it's going to probably be Parks and Rec now that you've been listening to that podcast. Yeah, uh, there's a podcast called uh, Parks and Recollection, and it's kind of like Office Ladies. And I might even run this up as well with uh, Snap. I don't really quite remember. And um, I was in the first episode. I don't think it's as good as the Office Ladies. They don't have the chemistry. You know, the hosts, yeah. they're not like friends. And I think what people don't realize about podcasts is it's really just the chemistry between the people talking normally is how well it goes. And uh, that's why mine's so bad is I don't have chemistry with people. They go, uh, we don't get to build rapport, you know, because I have people on just so sporadically. Hmm. I mean, we of course have chemistry. Yourself, huh? um, <laughs> um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I'm trying to think by, Oh, I've been rewatching a discovery of which or not rewatching, but season two of a discovery of witches. Right. I was trying to do it by streaming service. I think that's all on HBO that oh. we mentioned a second ago. And then, uh, yeah, Discovery of Witches is what's that? Prime. On? Prime. It's actually a Sun Showtime Sundance, something that we don't have, and I actually had to buy it off Prime, so you can't just watch it for free. Right. I've thought about it. I never have, but there have been a couple times I've wanted to buy something on Amazon Prime. Well, I've read the books, so I bought season one when that was coming out, and I really like that one a lot. Season two's not been as good, but I loved this book two way better than book one. It's just interesting how that translated onto the screen. Right. I mean, I watched, I remember when you watched the first season, okay, episode here, there, and I've seen an episode here, there, this one. And it does seem like a lot of um, tropes, like cliche type. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, like the acts of like, it's a lot of no talking, a lot of just like scenes. I don't know, like no dialogue, just. There's a lot of fighting scenes. A lot of silence while people walk places. So there's some and researching in libraries and travel scenes. Like a lot, I don't know. Like if you could just cut out and just put just dialogue, the sh- episodes will be very fast. <laughs> is how I would word it. But the books are so thick, which is crazy. Yeah, it's a weird, weird way it translates. <laughs> um, uh, so Netflix, the one oh, thing yeah. I can think of there's is one. Love on the Spectrum. Is uh. We're almost to the second season of that, which I think there's only two seasons. People don't know. It's a show based in Australia, I believe. And uh, it's autistic people dating. And it's been out for a while. I mean, there's two seasons. When it first came out, I really wanted to watch it. But then I felt kind of weird. I was like, there's something weird about uh, like the autistic people are on display or something. I don't know. I remember thinking it was kind of odd. But. I've been curious this whole time. So I was like, well, fuck it. We're going to watch it. And I just started one night and a couple of the people we just really like, you're like really cheering for them. So you're like, all right, well, I'm going to keep watching and see what happens. Yeah, we've enjoyed it. Um, there's, I can't remember their names. But Michael and Mark, I think are the two. They're both just like. so endearing and they both just genuinely want love and they're adorable. And they're. And there's times you don't know if. What they mean by love, and honestly, what does anyone mean by love? You know, can be the whole, I guess, point. But they're like, what's love? And they're like, love is someone who will be there and spend time with you. And you're like, well, okay. I mean, like, that is a thing. But, like, they don't, they're like, because they are so logic or analytic driven, some of them, not all of them. They're all kind of different. You know, there's a spectrum, of course. Um, but right. some, But some seem like uh, they don't know what they want about companionship. They just know they do. Or, like, they've seen their brother have a girlfriend, so they want a girlfriend or Something. Yeah, well, most of them seem very close to their parents, and so they've probably, like most kids, you right. know, have watched 
That's a true. couple their whole life and or maybe I don't know if they're all like married parents, but it seems like they all all the parents we've seen seem to be very well off and to happily together yeah. the way they pitch it, you know. So, but it's been it's been interesting to watch cuz um I don't know. It's just I thought the girl was who's talked about how there isn't a criteria for girls on the spectrum. Kind of a new thing. Um, and how there isn't really much known about them because it identifies differently in girls than boys. I thought all that was pretty interesting. And once you watch it, you can tell too. Yeah. Like it's, I mean, I, there was one girl in the first season who was similar to boys, I guess, and like some of her quirks, but a lot of them have been a lot different than mm-hmm. the boys. Um, yeah. And like how they display their, um, traits for autism it's yeah the guys in general but all of them i just like how honest everyone is i think that's like the best part of the show is uh and it, like me watching it's like there's cringe moments because i would think of me as a person if i said something that honest or that was said to me i would take it a certain way but like they don't right yeah so like right after a date they'll call and be like i just want to be your friend because it's not romantic and then they'll be like Okay. okay. <laughs> they're just they're all fine with it. And it's also interesting because I guess big part of it would be that they don't always um uh, pick up on social cues. And so they have a social th- or speech therapist or social therapist that come in and talk with them in, about how to have conversations. Right. Well, there's one lady that connects it all. And she has she's like a therapist. Of yeah. Some and sort. she's the one that kind of runs some organization that puts on date nights and random th- speed dating stuff. And then she also comes and meets with them and is like, well, what would you do? And what did you do wrong on this thing? And you got to quit asking this many questions and, you know, they'll role play conversations and yeah, but it is really interesting. I don't know why it's so interesting, but it is. Ronan makes me uncomfortable. He seems, he's in season two. You said he seems, um, childish to you. Right. Like the things he, just the way he says things seems like something like a nine year old would say. And that's fine. But like, I'm like, well, nine year old shouldn't date, you know, or like, I don't know. So, yeah, it, I think it goes to show that people don't know anything about autism, really. Right. It's just not anything that really has been spoken about in mainstream culture, um, at least in America, anyway. That is true. Well, him and the girl that he's went on some dates with, I think would just, their their voices are each very distinct. And then having a conversation, it's just, <laughs> it's just entertaining to watch. And I feel fucked up for saying that, but. And that's why you didn't want to watch the show in the first place. Exactly. <laughs> that's exactly it. Um, like, I feel like they shouldn't be on display. Like, but then again, they're signed up for it. And of course, I mean, everyone's on display. That's on a TV show, like a reality show. So that's, that is part of it. Right. It is. And we've talked about going back and watching The Circle. Yeah. Speaking we'll of season one shows. Um, yeah. I, I enjoy a good reality show. So. Yeah. We, we might could, have to go back and see that at some point. I remember season one of The Circle. I enjoyed who won because that's who I was cheering for for the whole time. And that's always fun when that happens. But I remember towards the end, it kind of felt like it was spiraling out of like, I don't know. This isn't as fun as it. Well, I don't think that people were cooperating, if I remember correctly. Like they weren't doing what we would want them to do. Yeah, maybe the way that they were playing the game got. I think they were they were like wanting everyone to be super honest. And we were like, that's not what this is. Yeah. And then they voted. Everybody voted for the same person it's like a big brother when they're like everyone do what the head of household wants you're like shut the that's stupid why would you do that (laughs) um i've been trying to watch seinfeld yep and (laughs) the reason why is because i love the office and a lot of podcasts i listen to people that love the office also love seinfeld and they quote both of them right on the pod and i get all the office references because i've seen all the episodes so many times um normally i know them better than them i'm like well they said the quote wrong and the quote's not that but 
with Seinfeld, I'm like, I guess I get it. You know, I've seen that up some episodes here and there. But when we watch it, my problem is Kramer, first off. I think Kramer's like the worst fucking character on a comedy. I'm like, he's not even funny. Like, he does weird fucking movements and he's loud. Like, maybe that was funny in the 90s or something, but man. See, I feel like they're going for an older feel of comedy when he was on, which just feels ancient to us now. Right. I just do not get the appeal of Kramer. And then uh, I also think Jerry isn't a great main character because he has like, there's nothing at stake. His life's good. He's always successful. Yeah, he's too casual approach. Like there's no no real conflict in his life. Right. And so that's weird. I mean, he delivers some funny jokes in there. Don't be wrong. Um, Jason Alexander's character. I can't think of his name because I'm not fucking familiar enough. Uh, The goddamn bald guy. I don't even know what his name is on this show. He's the best part, obviously. And you can tell he's the real main character. And that's where Larry David, I mean, that's him. Yeah. You know, that he's writing that him, but then Jason Alexander plays the guy. Shit, how can I not think of his name right now? I know. Uh, I can't even think of the girl's name either. Elaine. Elaine. Yeah. Yeah. Elaine's decent, but she, at least we're only in the second season. She's definitely a side character to me. You know, she doesn't seem to be involved. I think Elaine is funny. Yeah. I, but she just seems too cool. Right. Like, I agree. They're all too, it is a weird thing. Like, comedy to me, does come from a place of your losers. Like there that's the the place of the good comedy. Um and everyone on Seinfeld all feel too good about themselves. I was trying to look it up and I can't because the first thing that always comes up is Wikipedia and that's not what I want. <laughs> George. George, god damn it. <laughs> George. It's weird that I know his actor name and not <laughs> the name that everyone else would know. Um, yeah, George is great. Everything about George is good about the show. Only reason I'm watching everything. I mean, and again, Elaine's okay. Everyone else, just not my, not my thing. Also, Jerry Seinfeld has some weird shit like, you know, that not trying to me too everybody or cancel culture everyone, but Jerry Seinfeld has like this. He was picking up 16 year old in Central Park back when he's a stand up comedian in his 20s and 30s and pretty well known story about it. And I'm like, well, why aren't people mad about that? But no, he's, I don't know. I guess it's the way it was. I, yeah, I don't know that story, but I don't think I need any more details, but for sure. For sure. Well, there was this guy named Epstein and they <laughs> killed him in jail because his friends were all the rich people that have sex with uh, underage girls. So you act like I don't know who that is. <laughs> and yes, I'm aware. Well, someday uh, when this podcast is long dead, but living off in the I don't know how the archiving system works. I need someone to hear that and be like, what Jeffrey Epstein? <laughs> Cause I'm sure they're going to pull that off. Netflix. I actually, the fact that they made a Netflix documentary about it in the first place is like, how did that get through? And how are the Netflix people aren't dead? Maybe cause it's not real. Well, I think the Netflix guy's Greek. Uh, <laughs> I don't think he's American. <laughs> so he's hiding. He's hiding off in Greece. Um, I mean, I, I think I mentioned this a week or two ago. I just think every conspiracy theory and you know this about me. I kind of believe it, but there's always like a, it always goes too far. And so I just think they put people in these groups online to just keep pushing it. Like, oh, yeah, well, they drink baby blood. And then like half the people are like, yeah, they drink baby blood. And you're like, OK, we lost that one. <laughs> it's like no one can. No credible person's going to believe that cult anymore. Yeah. But like whenever it's like stuff of like, oh, they're doing things. You're like, whoa, that sounds like, yeah, they're shipping off girls and shipping boats okay. across the whatever yeah they, okay. yeah there's lots of st- there was a story on the news tonight about immigrants in a shipping container yeah well and, uh there would be an argument to be made that certain people in shows like the wire and dexter and different things have been showing us this for years they you know, have you know. they have 
and you never and you were just like oh it's fantasy <laughs> or whatever uh, How, where do they come up with this stuff oh it's kind of like uh i listened to some crazy podcasts and one guy was like you know all of us crazy people we're just a year ahead of mainstream media and then after he said that it's like all the stuff comes out we're like uh COVID's probably a lab leak from uh, China and you're like oh okay so now the mainstream's like cool with that story which people said a year ago and then we just watched John Oliver and I I thought the new one was good but it was all about Taiwan I'm like I was hearing this shit a year ago on yeah. podcast it does take like a year for people to figure out how they're going to pitch it on like main news sites so I'm going to keep my conspiracy brain going but I don't commit too hard <laughs> uh, you ready for the fourth booster I probably won't get it. I don't know. Maybe I will. I've gotten the other. I don't know if they're doing it for or not. Um, if they do, I was like, is it going to be in February? Because that'd probably be when I would need it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> start counting it up. Um, we'll see. I'll see if I get a third one. I kind of forgot all about that. I haven't gotten one. I was like, I guess I don't know if I need it or not. You know, I got the third one just in case I'm around a lot of people for my job. So I mean, that makes sense. That makes sense. I just like to think my immune system is so strong and I wish they could test it. I wish they could just go test and be like, well, how many of the antibodies are still left from the last one? Yeah. That'd be cool. But that's too sci-fi, I guess. Um, all right. Anything else? I guess I've played a lot of video games. Yes, you have. You beat a couple. Um, well, I'm thinking more of my Super Nintendo. I've gotten obsessed with the Super Nintendo Classic the last week. And I've been downloading all these rare Japanese games that finally got English translations 20 years later. And... Uh, I'm just loading up the Super Nintendo. I put Demon's Crest because what Brad Sterex was his favorite game for the Super Nintendo I never heard of. So I downloaded that and put on it. Um, just downloading all of the Super Nintendo games. Trying to beat Chrono Trigger. That's what I've been playing the last 24 hours. I got to this Magus battle and it's very, very hard. I just cannot seem to to crack the code on that one. And uh, I'll probably give up. Also, I need to beat Super Mario World because I'm two levels away from beating that game. But there's also some secrets and shit. I think I have like 70-something uh, levels cleared. Um, but very good game. Super Mario was very good. Very frustrating, I think. But also very good. Yeah, I, I the only one that I recognized was the Mario. Yeah. And when some of these Japanese ones are very, like, uh, I started Star Ocean today. And it was a game that was only released in Japan. Um, at least that that one. There were sequels that came out here. And I was like, holy shit, these graphics and the artwork is so good for a Super Nintendo game. And like, how did, why didn't they bring this out here? And it's just so stylized and cool. Uh, I don't know if I'll stick with it, you know, because I was kind of, I don't know if the translation's that good. Every time I kept reading it, I was like, the fact just some guy translated this and not the company, who knows if this is right. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, but it looked really good, the graphics and stuff. Yeah, I remember you pointing that one out because it did look better than our little squares. Yeah. And, um, Trying to think of some others. I don't know. I downloaded a bunch. Download a bunch of shit. So eventually, I might just keep trying to do that until November 11th when the new Grand Theft Autos come out. And they're not new. They're old. But, you know, the new old ones. And I'll play those. Yeah. Something to look forward to. Yeah. Um, And then we have a broken washer. So that's led to a lot of laundry. Yeah. Well, same amount of laundry, but a lot it more laundry work. It takes longer when you don't have a water pump. Yeah. We have to manually drain it. And so we're going to do this probably for about a month. Maybe. Uh, maybe because there's we have word that we could get a free one chances. So we're going to take that risk. And then if not, we'll have to go buy, yep. <laughs> buy one. So um, someone told me today, actually, that 
You should check on Facebook Marketplace. Find you some good stuff on there. If I'm going to buy one, I'm not going to buy a used one. I feel you. If I'm going to get a used one, I'll take it for free, please. Well, I mean... <laughs> Well, I'm, we're lucky to be in that position. Yeah, that that's what buy, I'm saying. Buy a new one. I'm not going to go on Facebook Market. Yeah, I know. I not never for have. this particular purchase. I'm gonna going to spend $700 on a set that doesn't work. True. I, I don't imagine anything I'd go on Facebook Marketplace to buy, to be honest. Uh, I never have. And I hear nothing but horror stories of people trying to change prices mm-hmm. and shit like that. So does not seem worth it. But let us know out there if y'all have any... Good Facebook source. Um, all right, you got anything else, Coopy? I don't know how long we've been going, but I bet it's long enough. I don't really. I just keep yawning. That's what she said. And um, all right. Sorry for yawning. You're good. Peace. Good night. Makes beats.